Hey everybody, before we jump into this week's episode, I wanted to let you know I just finished up putting the finishing touches on an awesome freebie for you guys. So I know a lot of you are graduating from nursing school, might be why you're listening to this podcast episode, and your next step is to find your job. Well, after the NCLEX, of course, right? So that's all kind of happening around the same time. You're applying to jobs, you're finishing up the NCLEX, all of that fun and exciting stuff. But I know that stuff can also be a little bit nerve wracking. And so I just made a freebie for all of you new grads who are out there looking for a job or any of you experienced nurses who are gonna be interviewing for a job soon. You're gonna wanna pick up this guide, three mindset shifts to rock your interview as a new nurse. So this isn't about how to make a resume. This isn't about the questions they're gonna ask you in your interview. This is about managing your nerves, managing your emotions, and loving yourself through the process. So if you're gonna interview anytime soon, make sure you grab this guide, it is super helpful. You can get it for free at thrivingnurse.com forward slash interview. So again, that's thrivingnurse.com forward slash interview. Pick up three mindset shifts to rock your job interview as a new nurse and go rock it because that's what you're going to do. All right, my friends, enjoy this week's episode. You're listening to the Thriving Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Sanchez, and this is episode 111, A Disappointing Graduation. Did you know your nursing dream job is out there? But it's not something you find. It's something you create. And I can show you how. I'm Abby Sanchez, and I'm a life coach for nurses. Using my experience at the bedside, along with my psychology degree, I help nurses build confidence, manage overwhelm, and fall in love or back in love with being a nurse. So come along with me and I'll help you create the career and life you crave. You ready? Let's go. All right, you guys, I have a serious question for you. When do you have to stop wearing your Christmas PJs? (laughs) Is there a time in the year when it's like, okay, it's June now. You're not allowed to wear your Christmas pajamas anymore. I'm just curious because I went to bring the garbage out the other morning and as a car drove by, I felt myself get a little self-conscious. Like it wasn't just that I was in my PJs. I was like, I am in my bright plaid flannel PJs that are totally obviously Christmas pajamas. And I felt like they're going to be judging me because it's June now. Am I allowed to wear these still? So I need you guys to weigh in. I need you to let me know, is there a point when you're too far out from Christmas that you can't wear the Christmas pajamas anymore? Let me know what you think. Come on over to Instagram. There's always a post for the podcast episode that comes out that week. So just find this week's post or wherever you want to do it. DM me, whatever you want to do. Let me know what the rules are, what's socially acceptable here. (laughs) But I am so excited to talk to you guys today. This podcast episode actually came from an Instagram interaction. I recently posted in my stories a picture of my husband and I at our nursing school graduation. We graduated together. We're both nurses. So it was just kind of fun to post a picture of five years ago, almost six years ago, when my husband and I graduated together. 
And in that story, I asked, when are you graduating? Because I'm excited for all you new grads for getting out of school and entering the nursing world. So I wanted to celebrate that with you guys. And it was fun to hear how some of you had already graduated and others have been a nurse for 10 plus years. So it was fun to hear you think about that time and remember your graduation. But I had one nurse comment to me and she said she had had her graduation and felt kind of let down by it because it was pre-recorded on YouTube and a lot of her nursing school cohort didn't even participate because they just felt like it was kind of pointless and disappointing. And when she said that to me, I was thinking that there are so many of you in that situation. Like this isn't just a select little subset of the nursing population. Like so many of you right now getting out of nursing school have had graduations very different from what you imagined. And you might be feeling kind of disappointed about it. Now, I know not all of you are feeling disappointed. Some of you didn't really care, right? You were like, graduation, that's not fun. I don't care about that. Like, I know that was kind of the experience of my younger brothers. I have two younger brothers who graduated last year. One graduated from high school and one graduated from college. And last year, 2020, that's when everything was super shut down, right? And so their graduations weren't a typical graduation. But they didn't really care. They were like, well, it's kind of hot when you go to graduation. You're in uncomfortable chairs. It's not very fun. So they didn't really feel too disappointed or like they were missing out much. But I know that some of you do care. That some of you felt really disappointed. This was something you had envisioned when you enrolled in nursing school. And maybe even before that, as a little kid, maybe you thought, Someday I'm going to graduate from college and I'm going to throw my cap in the air and be in my gown. It's going to be so amazing to be surrounded by family and friends and hear these inspirational speeches and just feel proud of all my accomplishments in that moment. And so if you're feeling disappointed, this episode is for you. Now, what I want you to notice is that Like I said, not everyone feels the same. Even if your graduation was canceled, even if you were in the same cohort, not everyone feels the same about it, right? Like I gave that example of how my brothers felt with their graduations being canceled, but some of you feel very different. So I want you to know that the reason you feel disappointed isn't because of the graduation you had or the graduation you didn't have. That's not what's creating your emotions here. Okay, because if it was, then everyone whose graduation was canceled would feel the same way. But I bet everyone in your cohort feels a little bit different. Like some of you might feel disappointment or variations of the same emotion. Some might feel resentment or self-pity. Like even if all of you are feeling sad and you would even label it the same emotion, you're not feeling exactly the same way. And that's because this situation isn't what's causing you to feel how you do. What's causing you to feel how you do and why people can feel differently about the same situation is because of what they're thinking about it. Now, I'm not going to tell you you should think something different. I'm not going to tell you you should think what my brothers were thinking. That graduation's boring and hot and uncomfortable chairs, right? I'm not going to tell you you should think those things. 
If you want to, you can. You could decide to change your mind about it, but that's not where I want to take this podcast episode. And another approach you could take is to try to make the most of it. That's what this nurse who wrote me on Instagram was saying, is that she tried to make the most of it, and I think that's amazing. She still got together with her parents and had a celebration that felt safe and appropriate and fun for her. And so I'm so glad for all of you nurses, if you're doing what you can to still celebrate and make the most of the situation. But that's not my advice for you today. I think most of you are naturally doing that. But there's a step before that or to do alongside that that I think is the most useful advice I can give you. And that is to feel disappointed. If you're feeling disappointed, I want to encourage you to just feel disappointed. That might seem pretty simple. You're like, Abby, that's not even advice. Come on. But it really is. And we're going to talk about what I mean by that and how it's different than what you might think. Now, I want to say, I don't love feeling disappointed. So when I'm telling you guys to just feel disappointed, it's not because I'm like, it's so fun. I love feeling disappointed. It's not a big deal. I really don't like the feeling of disappointment. I felt it a lot in my life. And I'll tell you guys about one time where I felt pretty disappointed. And I'm allowed to say this, okay? (laughs) I don't feel bad saying this, I should say, because my son is a sweetheart and I love him and I'm so happy with how things have turned out. But I always imagined that my family, or at least in the last several years, I guess, I imagined that my family would all just be daughters. Like for some reason, me and my husband, that in our mind is just what we pictured. We thought we would have three girls. And we had Evelyn, my daughter. And then when I got pregnant the second time, it felt just like my pregnancy with Evelyn. I was like, oh, for sure, this is a girl. I know it. I feel exactly the same. And so I pictured how that would be in my mind. I pictured having Evelyn with her baby sister and getting to wear all those cute clothes again. I love baby girl clothes. They are so fun. Baby boy clothes, I'm going to be honest, are not very fun. And so I was so excited. I was like 97% sure. I was only looking at girl names when I was pregnant. And then I found out that we were expecting a boy. And I felt disappointed. I know you're not supposed to say that as a parent, right? But I think it's okay. I think it's okay to feel disappointed. I think it's okay to grieve what you had hoped for, what you imagined. And as you let that go and embrace reality, before you can get to that point to embrace reality, you might need to feel disappointment. It actually cleanses you and moves you to that acceptance. So even though disappointment is uncomfortable, that's why my advice to you is to let yourself just feel disappointed because that's the way to get to comfort, to get to acceptance. First, you have to go through that discomfort. And when we allow ourselves to do that, it actually minimizes the discomfort. Because think about when you feel disappointed, if you don't want to feel that, then often what we do is we start blaming others. We start blaming the 
staff at our university because they didn't do a good enough job with this virtual graduation. They didn't put enough thought into it or make it special for us. And they could have done a little bit more. So then we start blaming others and we feel resentful or angry or hurt. And those things are way more uncomfortable than disappointment. But that's easy for our brain to go there when we don't want to feel disappointed. We're actually more used to feeling resentment or anger or something like that, right? We're more practiced at it. And so that's where our brain naturally wants to go. But if we just let ourselves feel disappointment and get good at feeling that, it doesn't have to escalate into those other emotions. So that's why when I notice myself feeling disappointment or sad or a little bit embarrassed or something like that, I'm like, okay, bring it on. It's safe to feel disappointment. It's safe to feel sad. It's uncomfortable, yeah, but it's not dangerous to me. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to be a person experiencing some disappointment right now. And then it eases up instead of building, okay? Now, I want to tell you what I really mean by this, because some of you might be thinking, okay, I'm going to embrace disappointment, And what that looks like might be different than you think. I think sometimes when we think we're going to embrace disappointment or embrace a feeling, we think it just means like spinning out in it. So all of those thoughts you're having that are creating the disappointment, like this isn't how it should be. This is so unfair. Poor me. All of those thoughts are what are creating your disappointment. And so it might seem like if you're leaning into the disappointment and feeling it, that it means amplifying those thoughts and thinking them more and spinning out in your head even more. And that's not what I mean at all. So what I mean by feeling disappointment or feeling any emotion is getting out of your head and getting into your body. So what does disappointment feel like in your body? Where is it? Like, can you describe it? I like to think of it like describing it to an alien. If an alien had never felt disappointment before, how would you explain it to them? It's like if you've ever tried to explain what salt tastes like to someone, how do you describe that? So think about if someone had never tasted salt before, how would you describe it to them? If someone had never felt disappointment, they were an alien who had never experienced that emotion. How would you describe it to them? Where is it in your body? What sensations do you feel? Is it moving? Is it prickly? Is it constant? How would you describe it? And when we pay attention to those sensations, that's what I mean by feeling an emotion. So get out of your head and get into your body. And when we do that, it becomes more tolerable and it just kind of melts away. Like sometimes it comes in waves. It might build back up again but then it washes away like waves on the shore. Now, here's the other cool thing about being disappointed. And I bet that's a sentence you never expected to hear before, but there really are cool things about being disappointed. Because did you know that the more you experience disappointment, the more you allow yourself to feel it, the better you get at it. When I was younger, I took piano lessons. And the more I practiced, the better I got, right? So when I first started playing piano, what kinds of songs do you think I was playing? Do you think I was playing Beethoven and Bach? Of course not. I was playing 
Mary had a little lamb and London bridges falling down and twinkle, twinkle, little star. I was playing really simple songs. And then it was a very gradual process, right? Then the songs got a little bit more complex. Then I started learning Disney songs, which were fun because I could sing along to those. And then as I got even better, that's when I started playing those more complicated pieces. And then I gave up on piano because <laughs> I wasn't very good at practicing. But if I would have kept practicing, I would have kept getting better, right? It builds on each other. And that's the same with anything you do in your life. So if you're learning to play guitar or you're learning to play basketball or you're learning to paint or you're learning to start IVs, you don't start off very good at it. But the more you practice, the better you get and you're able to do more complicated things. And that's how it is with our emotions. When we start off feeling disappointment, we start off with just those little ones. Like when you're a little kid, you feel disappointed that it's raining so you don't get to go to the park today. And that might feel like a huge deal. That's why little kids throw big tantrums about it, right? It feels like the end of the world to them. But after they get used to managing that level of disappointment, then as they get older and they experience bigger disappointments, they're better at managing those, right? Then when the boy they like or the girl they like doesn't like them back, it's still disappointing but they're able to manage that disappointment so much better because of all the disappointments they've had in their life before that point. And it continues on through your life. So I think we've seen this with COVID, right? As a society, we've gotten better at managing our disappointment. I went to the dentist today and my dental hygienist was saying how they had planned this trip. Her family had planned this trip to California like a year ago. And they were so excited about it. They were going to do all these fun things, go to this big golf tournament. And they were just really looking forward to this trip and hoping that it was going to happen. That by now, things would be better in the world so that they could go on this trip as a family. And she was telling me, but we ended up canceling the trip and we're going to just go to the beach in Oregon instead. And while that was still disappointing to her, I could tell she was still kind of bummed about it. It wasn't this huge deal. Like think about a year ago when everything shut down. Like those disappointments felt so much bigger because we hadn't acclimated to feeling disappointment yet. We hadn't built up our tolerance for disappointment. But the more disappointment we experience, the better we get at managing it. And the cool thing is once we're not scared of disappointment, then we can achieve huge goals. Then we can pursue things and keep working towards them long after other people would have given up. Then we can dare greatly. Have you guys heard of that book by Brene Brown? It's called Daring Greatly. And in that book, she says, the willingness to show up changes us. We become a little braver each time. So the more we're willing to show up in our life and risk feeling disappointed, the braver we become every single time. And then we're able to keep going despite failures, despite setbacks, despite more and more disappointment. Disappointment doesn't have to be a reason to stop anymore. So Thomas Edison, he was a great example of this. He invented the light bulb, right? 
But guess how many times he failed at inventing the light bulb? Or how many unsuccessful attempts he had? He had over 1,000 unsuccessful attempts. That probably was pretty disappointing, right? But he was willing to be disappointed 1,000 times, more than 1,000 times. And because he was willing to experience that, he kept going and he invented the light bulb. Did you know Oprah didn't have smooth beginnings? Like, not only was her childhood and her upbringing difficult and rough, like not the easiest circumstances, but when she started her career, she had some failures. So her first big gig was as a primetime news co-anchor. And this was a big deal. There was a lot of hype around it because she was a young black woman. And so it was really exciting. It was a huge opportunity for her. But then when the show failed, she got blamed for it. And so think of how disappointing that would be, like this amazing opportunity, and then it fails and you get blamed for that failure. So then she got demoted to be a writer and a reporter, and she didn't shine at either of those things. They said she was too slow as a writer. They said she was too soft-hearted, like too soft to be a good reporter. I guess she actually was interviewing a family about their house getting lost in a fire. And she was so moved by that, she ended up donating blankets to them. And she got in trouble. Her boss wasn't happy about that. He thought, you know, being a good reporter, you need to be able to keep your composure. You can't get so moved by these stories. So her career was not an instant success. But she was willing to experience that and experience the disappointment And my bet is it's because she had experienced so much disappointment earlier in her life. She had built up her tolerance and then she just kept building on that until she's gotten to where she is today. So for you guys who you're feeling some disappointment right now because your nursing school graduation wasn't what you hoped it would be. That's totally okay. It makes perfect sense that you would feel disappointed. You've been dreaming of this day for a long time, right? So it's okay. Let yourself feel disappointed as long as you need to. But I also want you to imagine it like you're practicing piano or you're shooting free throws. And this is your opportunity to get better at feeling disappointed. And the better you can get at it, the more it's going to serve you in your life. You're going to take chances that open you up to feeling bigger disappointments. But that's okay, because you've done disappointment before. You can totally handle it. So while I wish your graduation could have been everything you imagined, maybe it wasn't supposed to be. Maybe you needed this opportunity to feel a little disappointment and to get even better at it. Because we need people who are willing to feel disappointed in the nursing field, in the medical field. We need people who aren't afraid to feel disappointed. I wonder how many times someone's going to have to feel disappointed before they find the cure for cancer or for other diseases, right? They're going to have to experience a lot of disappointment, just like Thomas Edison inventing the light bulb. There's going to be a lot of things that don't work out. A lot of people who think their ideas aren't very good. But we need someone who's okay with that who's going to keep going 
despite those disappointments. And we have a whole group of new nurses who are practiced at feeling disappointment and getting really good at it and are going to rock the nursing world. All right, my friends, thanks for being here. I love you and congratulations. Congratulations on this huge accomplishment and milestone. I'm so excited for you. And I'm so excited for your next steps. I'm excited for you to get started as a nurse, to welcome you into the nursing community. So to help make that a smooth transition for you, remember I put together that guide, the three mindset shifts to rock your job interview as a new nurse. So don't forget to go grab that at thrivingnurse.com. I hope you love it. Let me know how your interviews go. I can't wait to hear all about it. And I'll talk to you later. Take care.